Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look back on DJ's dominant win at the Northern Trust and Sophia Popov's Women's Open win. We'll also hear from Wales Open champion Roman Langas. Hi guys, this is Ben Wiesberger and welcome to the Golf Monthly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf. For more, visit titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name is Tom Clark and this week I'm joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Hello, good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, sheltering inside as Storm uh, Francis is battering the garden, but yeah... Staying out the wind and rain, and I'm glad I'm not playing golf at the moment. But uh, did you play any golf at the weekend? Yeah, I played on Sunday. I had a very busy weekend actually. I, I played golf with uh, my new golf obsessed group. Uh, went to Bird World, which was good, as I was telling you. And I also won the FedEx Cup on PJ Tour 2K21. <laughs> so uh, yeah, very good weekend. What a cracking weekend! So how did you play in actual real life golf, not video game golf? Uh, yeah, pretty decent. I shot my handicap thanks to a back-to-back birdie finish after a triple bogey on the 16th hole. Um, So, yeah, it was good. I played with a a beginner who shot 45 points off of 46. So he took... What? What? Say that again. (laughs) Shot 45 points playing off 46. Yeah, that's... That's one of the, the standard handicaps in this group. And so we got this app, I think it's called My Online Golf Club, which is basically like VPAR or any other of those similar ones. And I think he'd only entered one round before. So his handicaps, it starts at 54 and then it comes down. Uh, and it's actually a really cool app. So, yeah, we can see everyone's scores and their handicaps adjusted. And I think this was only his third time playing 18 holes. And yeah, really impressive. Um, obviously, he, he won by miles. I think he had about <laughs> 22 points after six holes. That's the most nutty scoring uh, I've ever heard, but uh, fair play. Well, that's good. That's what ha- handicap's supposed to be like. I'm sure he's now getting a massive cut, I assume. Uh, yeah, yeah, he will do. Um, <laughs> Did he get 45 points playing on 46? Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's what I've ever heard. Um, but yeah, he's another one from this uh, new golf obsessed group who uh, has only basically got into the game because it was one of the first things to reopen after lockdown. And yeah. he is uh, probably 21, 22. He's one of my mate's younger brothers. And he pays 40 quid a month for membership, uh, started to get lessons, and he's had some hand me down equipment. And yeah, he's just absolutely loving it, just like a lot of them are. Brilliant. That's great. That's, uh, I mean, golf's done so well, hasn't it, at the moment, uh, with so many people, very similar situations, suddenly going, oh, I might, might give this a go. So, um, great to hear. Have you been down the range? I haven't been down the range. I haven't had a chance, unfortunately. I had a busy weekend uh, playing cricket and chasing after children. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I will try and get it, get get down the range because uh, I want to try and try out my new swing. Yeah. Um, which I haven't had a chance to yet, although I have had a bit of a waggle in the garden, as it were. So, um, but no, I need to get, I do need to get out out, uh, out to the range. Uh, someone who is playing very well at the moment is Dustin Johnson, um, who shot, what did he shoot? 
30 under par. I'm trying to work out what's more ridiculous. Your mate getting 45 points playing a 46 <laughs> or Jackson Johnson shooting 30 under par uh, in the first uh, event of the, uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, but he did shoot 30 under par to win by 11 strokes. Yes, 30 under par, 11 strokes at the Northern Trust. Uh, for his 22nd PGA Tour title. He also now returns to world number one and is now number one in the FedEx Cup as well with two events left. He's now the fifth world number one of 2020 after Kepka, McElroy, Rahm and Thomas. And lots of things happened at the Northern Trust. Uh, Scotty Scheffler shot 59 on Friday um, and it looked like DJ was going to shoot even lower than that when he was 11 under through 11 or whatever it was. Uh, but in the end, he was only able to shoot a 60, which I'm sure he was absolutely gutted about. Um, I mean, DJ, we thought, oh, he's probably going to be really disappointed with that 60 on Friday. But I don't think he actually really cared when he finished on 30 under par one by so far. Um, do you think the course was too easy, Elliot? <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw quite a few comments about this. And possibly DJ was definitely too good. The course was probably a little bit too easy. and. Yeah, it it just resulted in uh, I don't want to say boring because it was just it was a masterclass that we were watching, but yeah, it, it was a little bit boring. There was no competition, was there? You know, no. we knew you know you knew he was going to win before even the final round started, um, and it was just one of the great. I mean, DJ was imperious, wasn't he? It, I mean, that's about as well as I've seen him ever play. I think he was playing just so well. And I can't believe he didn't break sixty on Friday. Uh, which, when you when you actually say that sentence, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he got, in, um, got in the absolute right position. He was just like, oh well, he just needs to shoot really under par now for the last seven or eight holes, and he didn't ma- manage to. Um, so I'm sure he will be disappointed not to have broken sixty, and it shows that there was a bit of pressure on him, wasn't there? He was obviously thinking about it. Um, yeah, well, Friday night, I think. My girlfriend and I were going to watch a movie, but I was just like, I'm really sorry. I've, I've got to put the golf on because this is history I'm about to see here. We're about to see the lowest round in the history of professional golf, I guess. Uh, it, I thought he was going to shoot 57 at one point, and, mm. and you have to say he completely choked it on the back nine. He had, uh, I think, about a 12-footer on the 12th or 13th, and he left it like a foot short, and, and you could just tell by then he was starting to get a little bit nervy. Um, made a complete mess of the last as well. So, yeah, yeah. obviously he doesn't care because you know what he's like. He bounces back from everything. But uh, from a fan's perspective, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing to see him finish with seven pars in a row to shoot eleven under par. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was just the weirdest round of golf, was it? Um, yeah. Great. I mean, what did he shoot on the front nine? Nine under. Yeah, nine under on the front nine. I mean, it's outrageous, isn't it? So, uh, but and he's he's you know he was very close to winning the PGA, wasn't he? Really, he was right up there all, all week. Um, you know, and this is on the back of a bit of an injury issue. Uh, but he suddenly catapulted his way back up to world number one, which I think has come a little bit from left field, hasn't it? I don't think we realised he could actually even get there. So, um, do you think he's is he going to be the, the player who can now stay at the top of the rankings? We've already seen it switch hands so many times. Is he is he going to be the one who suddenly goes, right, I'm actually going to be up here for six months to a year now? Uh, well, I don't think we should get carried away. Yeah, I've said before loads of times, I think he, he will go down as an all-time great. He's definitely one of the best players uh, of his era in the last sort of 10, 15 years. But 
this only happened two weeks after he, he squandered his fourth 54-hole lead in a major championship. Uh, perhaps he wasn't playing as well as he played last week, but you know, if he is the best player in the world, he needs to show us that he can win majors. Uh, well, he showed us already, I guess, four years ago, but he needs to show us that he can win more majors, just like Kepka has showed us, just like McElroy showed us. And he's got two chances now over the next few months. And you'd have to make him favourite for them after his performance at uh, TPC Harden Park and last week. I mean, the way he struck his irons last week was just incredible. And yeah, uh, if he doesn't win a major over the next few months, then it'll be hard to see him winning one in the future. Yeah, and we, you know, we kept obviously pulling out of the FedEx Cup because of a slight injury, and we don't know what he, whether he's going to be right for the US Open or not. Uh, US Open is obviously taking place uh, in a few weeks' time at the end of September. DJ's probably now going to be favourite for that, isn't he? Yeah, it's like um, I think 2016, he won three events in a row at the start of the year, went into Augusta, and it was like. There's literally no way this guy isn't winning the green jacket. And then he fell down the stairs, didn't he? Uh, uh, yeah. It's almost like we're back at that stage because he's won twice since golf restarted from lockdown. And he nearly won the PGA as well. So, yeah, it's very just that he's top of the world rankings. But um, that doesn't really mean anything these days, does it? Especially this year. No. I mean, it just shows that there are a lot of people playing very good golf. And actually, if one of them played really well, it's plays to their peak and no one else can get close to them. Um, and you know, to, to win by eleven shots was was quite ridiculous, wasn't he? He was just so consistent with his scoring, except for that back nine on Friday. I think um, there was a you know, there's a the thing with the FedEx Cup players of only the top seventy progressed to this week's BMW Championship. And there were quite big names to miss out, wasn't there? That Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson, and Shane Lowry all not teeing up this week. Um, how come? DJ's doing so well, and the likes of DJ are doing so well, but some of these massive names have missed out. Is that just because of the way that the schedule's fallen with um, with lockdown and things like that? Yeah, probably. It's a very strange year, isn't it? Uh, I think Fleetwood took basically the whole of the PJ Tour restart off. Spieth's games in tatters. Ricky Fowler, uh, don't know what really to say yeah, well, about He's going through swing changes, isn't he, Ricky Fowler, at the moment? And he's shown he's shown glimpses, hasn't he? But he's not been, been able to put four rounds together, has he? No, no, definitely not. Uh, Rose as well. He He's played actually pretty decent since golf restarted. Remember at the, the start of the year, he was really down in the doldrums. Uh, Mickelson as well. He's he's uh, making his Champions Tour debut this year. Shot 61 in the... Sorry, this week. Shot 61 in the first round. Yeah, it, it's a, a wacky season, definitely. Yeah, it is. I mean, Mickelson playing in the Champions Tour is quite scary, isn't it? He was, I think, he averaged over three hundred yards off the tee um, last week, and suddenly he's playing with all the over fifties, and that is quite clear that that course that they're playing on is not long enough for him, is it? No, uh, I heard Lee Janssen, I think, say he was outdriven by sixty yards by Mickelson, and um, it was fascinating what you're saying, just how Mickelson was was using his, he didn't even know the, the name of it. I, I assume it was a GC quad or a Trackman or something. Uh, he was using it on every single hole. Um, and it, it just sounded like he was a level above most of the players. Um, yeah. we, we've had Jim Furyk win in his debut about a month ago, since turning 50 as well. Rich Beam's on there now as well. Um, Stricker. So it's a, such a great tour at the moment. 
Yeah, so, I mean, there's some really decent players who are still playing at a very decent level, aren't they? You know, guys who actually can compete on the PGA Tour if they get everything right. Uh, you know, you've got to remember, when did Mickelson win a WGC? What, last year or two years ago? Um, at Mexico. Uh, 17, I think. Yeah, so a couple of years ago now, but not that long ago at all. And, you know, they're, they're, he's really competing. He won He won at Pebble Beach last year, didn't he? Yeah, he was second at the WGC FedEx uh, three weeks ago or something as well. Yeah. And then suddenly he's on this Champions Tour where obviously the guys, you know, some of them are a little bit older, obviously, because that's, 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 it's, an, it's an over 50s tour. So um, he could clean up there, couldn't he? And, um, you know, get into some really decent form. So it's going to be fascinating to see. It is a bit odd, Phil Mickelson being on uh, the Seniors Tour. I'm, you must admit, it makes me feel a bit old. But, um, <laughs> but that is. So, you know, we've got another great week uh, coming up. This week with the BMW Championship, which we'll be previewing uh, in the near future. But we're going to look over to the UK shores now and a event which the scoring was not that easy at all. And that's the Women's Open. Sophia Popov won her maiden major by two strokes at Royal Troon. The German was ranked 304th in the world heading into the event. She only qualified for the event two weeks ago a week after caddying for fellow competitor Anne Van Dam. I really, really enjoyed this tournament. I think Royal Troon is a fantastic golf course, um, and it was a real test. The wind was up. You know, some of the players really struggled around the links with the, with the weather conditions as well. I think there's only about four players finished under par, I think, in the end. Um, did you manage to watch any of it? Yeah, I watched uh, all of Thursday and Friday, and then, then I caught the highlights on, on the weekend. And yeah, I said I hoped for some bad weather and it was absolutely brutal on the first two days, which uh, yeah, it was great to see. And Popov, yeah, played brilliant. I'd, I'd actually never heard of her before the week. Probably a lot of people hadn't. And it's just such a great story. I didn't realise the journey that she's had to, to where she's got now. She'd never even won on the LPGA Tour before. Said she'd been struggling with Lyme disease, was considering giving up the game last year. <laughs> And then was caddying on the LPGA Tour three weeks ago and then goes and wins a major. It's just, yeah, a phenomenal story. And uh, that, that's such a great thing about golf, isn't it? That these unknowns can come out and, you know, just be unearthed like that. Absolutely. I thought it's an amazing story. As you say, she's had to battle with lots of different issues, which she didn't mention before she actually won. You know, she didn't want that to, to take any gloss off um, off the off her performance. Um, and she, she was... Fantastic. She, and that's the thing. Although she is down in the world rankings, she was you know over three hundred in the world. But she played. She played the best over the four days, didn't she? She, she battled through those conditions, kept the score going when it was tough, really, really tough. And then when the weather conditions allowed, she did manage to make some birdies. And she said she just played really, really well. I mean, did you see that driver off the deck that she hit on uh, Saturday? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, an incredible shot. It's second into a par five, which she put to about 10 foot and then held the eagle. And that really got her going. Um, and I thought she was really good. Even going down the stretch, you know, when it, obviously she was going to be feeling the nerves, she played some really good golf, didn't she? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, she was saying in her interview, basically, from, from what I, I got from it, is that she's probably never going to win a major again. This was just her one week in the stars. You think of, I don't know, like Ben Curtis or Todd Hamilton or something. Perhaps this will be similar to that. She was saying all these quality players, they're always up there, but uh, people like me, we can we can challenge them and beat them on our day. And uh, this was her day, definitely. 
yeah, and I think that's such a, a, a refreshing way to look at things. Obviously, that it does open up quite a few doors for her now. She'd obviously got the prize money from it, but also it will open a few doors on a few other tours. So, um, I mean, well, I think we all wish her the absolute best. And it was great to see someone really smiling and enjoying the win. You know, yeah. sometimes we have some winners who are uh, not that enigmatic when they win and when they're presented with a trophy, but she could not stop smiling and then with a few tears in there as well, of course. Um, I, I thought, yeah, some of the pictures they got from, from the event were amazing. And it was just great to see Troon again. I was lucky enough to be there when uh, Stenson and Mickelson were going head-to-head a few years ago. It's a fantastic golf course, and I think they set it up brilliantly. Um, It was really, really tough on those first few days, and they could have made it tougher, I think, but then they actually allowed for some scoring to happen with the way that they set it up. So um, I think they got got it absolutely spot on. It was great to see um, a a proper tournament being played over Lynx Golf because we've missed it, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. It's um, definitely the best form of the game. Uh, just, just yeah, I love Link's golf. I would also say props to Sky Sports Golf as well. Absolutely class showing it for free on YouTube like that. Uh, early in the week, there was quite a lot of criticism for the BBC putting their highlights basically mm. at like midnight at each night, which um, would never get many eyeballs, especially from young girls that would like to watch these players, you know, and trying to emulate them in the future. And yes, just brilliant from Sky to do that, especially with... Um, you know, YouTube, it's the, the younger generation that tend to watch YouTube. And uh, it's just the perfect platform for golf like that, I think. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was great. And um, two other people I want to talk about from the Women's Open. First, Laura Davis, who played in her 40th Women's Open. Also a fellow member of your golf club as well, Elliot. Yeah, West Byfleet legend. Exactly. Had some issues on that first round when she had to tee off in the most horrendous conditions. We were watching it. Well, we? And we're like, oh my lord, that looks very, very tough. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's amazing to play in forty of the, of those events, isn't it? Yeah, she's an absolute legend. One of our true great golfers from from these shores, without a doubt. Yeah, and it was great that they managed to get her commentating on Sky as well afterwards, wasn't it? It's fantastic that they do that. Yeah. Um, so that's great to see. But then also there was a little bit of controversy, wasn't there, around Lexi Thompson again, who has had a few run-ins with the rules. Uh, when she was, she was videoed looking like she was kind of maybe improving her lie in the rough, maybe not. Um, and the RNA actually had to um, actually had to put out a, a comment on reason why um, she hadn't been penalised um, in playing from the rough. I mean. Is it a bit unfair that I think every time Alex Thompson is is playing, she just has so many cameras on her and has so much um, media um, spotlight on her that actually anything that she does slightly wrong is getting questioned? Possibly, yeah. She's definitely got a bit of reputation after what happened at the ANA Inspiration in 2017 where she uh, didn't quite place the ball down on the green where she marked it. but I think this was really harsh, actually. I thought social media were, were being very harsh to her because it was very windy. She had a massive tuft of grass next to her ball and she just kind of sweeped the grass away a little bit, try and play the shot, kind of like you would if you're in a tree or something. You would just move, try and move the, the leaves a little bit without breaking it. Like, she didn't break the grass off. Yeah, and the grass seemed to go back to, to exactly where it had been anyway. That's, that was the ruling, wasn't it, actually? There was no improvement of the lie. She did move the grass, but the grass then went back to almost the, the identical spot. Um, so the RNA did say, didn't they, that, that, that there was no 
rules infringement, was there? No. So, so yeah, basically it was interpreted as she attempted to cheat, but she didn't cheat well enough. Uh, that's what some people were saying. I'm not sure that she, she did try to cheat, but yeah, uh, it was definitely a, a tough one, but I think people were being a little bit harsh on her. She missed the cut by miles anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're right that people are being overly harsh and overly critical in this instant um, with, with, with Lexi Thompson. But I think if you had now got to be careful about how she acts around the course, because she's going to get so much spotlight on her. So um, we'll, we'll wait and see if there's uh, any further fallout in the future for her. Um, there was also another event at the weekend, and it was the Wales Open, the second event to be played at Celtic Manor in as many weeks. And Roman Langas shot a bogey free 65 to win his maiden European Tour title at Celtic Manor. Frenchman finished at eight under par, two clear of Sammy Vanimaki. Langas qualifies for the US Open, along with Sam Horsfield, Tom Stetri, Andy Sullivan, Rasmus Hogard, Renato Paratore, uh, Sammy Vanimaki, Adrian Otegu, Connor Syme, and Justin Harding. And we're really lucky that actually, Elliot, you spoke to him recently, didn't you? Yeah, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, here um, we get to know him a little bit better and we start off by talking about his 2015 Amateur Championship victory. It was straight at the right moment because... Uh, so, I, I was 20... Yeah, I was 20 years old. And when I was 18 years old, I, I really want to turn pro and my family and my, uh, my coach at this moment said to me that that was too early and we need to reach the top level amateur before I turn pro. And that year, when I won the British Amateur, I played really, really well because I won five or six tournaments in, in the same year. And it was pretty solid. And, I mean, winning the British Amateur was really the, like, the, the last step I, I need to really turn pro without any uh, regrets as an amateur. So, yeah, that, that opened me a lot of doors and that uh, really helped me to, to take the amateur pro uh, passage uh, easier yeah uh, so did you have any offers to go to the u.s for golf college yeah for golf college i've got a uh, lot of offers um in uh, some good really really good university all the best university uh, I, I remember even one university uh, said to me that even if i didn't graduate in france at 18 they are gonna do all the best to uh, to have me over there so I, I visit two of them, but I just visited to see what, what it was. But I know that I didn't want to go over there. No. Uh, not, yeah, yeah. not because of US, but because of school. Oh, nice. Um, so you made the cut in both majors and you shot a 31 on the back nine at Augusta National. What was mm -hmm. that like? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, re I remember. I mean, Augusta is always, uh, always incredible, but that's yours. I had a lot of good stories, and I mean the 31 on the back nine. The last one was one uh, one of the of the best, but also my wedge in on 15, the the second round, and my chip in on 16, the last round. Yeah, I, I did play really really well this uh, back nine. Uh, it it could be better because I um, I didn't birdie, so I put for birdie 11, 12, 13, and I didn't make it, and uh, then I finished really strong, but. Yeah, it's a good memories. Yeah, are uh, you looking forward to getting back to Augusta? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then you made the cut last year as well in uh, the Open at Port Rush. What was mm -hmm. that like? Your first professional major? Yeah, it, it was really nice. Uh, 
the good thing is uh, I, I was uh, going over there with a lot of confidence because I finished third at the Scottish Open the week before. But uh, Major is always special, even more that one in Portrush. Uh, so much public. Uh, the atmosphere was like amazing. And it's, it's of course, really different when you arrive on the first in Major or in the first in uh, Scottish Open, for example. Uh, so I was really happy and I was playing pretty solid. I think I was a bit tired uh, because we play Irish Open, Scottish Open, and I give a lot of energy at the Scottish Open. So I was a bit uh, tired on the weekend. And I finished like five over on the last eight hole, I think, the last round. But uh, it was, uh, again, a really good experience and uh, it helped me a lot for the future. Do you like Lynx Golf? Yeah, I like Lynx Golf. I like Lynx Golf because um, you need to be a bit creative and to play with the ball. And I like to do that. So uh, your amateur championship win in 2015, was that your first ever time on Lynx Golf? No. we uh, Because of the French Federation, we had played a lot of uh, time on Lynx Golf. I played a few times the Saint-Antoine Lynx Trophy. Uh, I played also the Babazon Trophy. I played some tournaments like that before. So we have uh, always been uh, playing on Lynx Golf. and uh, But this week at the British Amateur, uh, it was we were playing a, a links, but we were playing with a quite a good weather. The weather was uh, was quite good. Little bit of wind, but not that much, and good good uh, weather. So I remember I was in polo the last round, and that 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 wasn't really the windy condition it could be. Yeah, uh, and and what was it like winning on the Challenge Tour in Provence in 2018? That was huge because uh, that year was really tough for me. Uh, I was uh, two weeks before I was like 108 in the Challenge Tour ranking. And then I finished five in Kazakhstan and I won this one to jump to 16 in two weeks. So it, it was big because it was really close from my home. So a lot of friends were there. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, it's one of my... Uh, of my best win because first win as a pro, but also in that kind of condition was a was a really good test for me, and uh, I did it. Yeah, and then the next week you were at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that was at good. the Golf National. How was that? I, I read that you carried the scoreboard. I, I wasn't supposed to do that, but when I was over there, I tried to have uh, anything to can go inside the rope, and uh, they uh, they all say no, you cannot, we cannot do something, and uh, just. The only solution I can get inside the rope was for me to carry the scoreboard. But for me, it was fun. I, I, I just, I, I was uh, ready to do anything to, to be able to go in. So it was so good. And to be close, to be uh, inside, to see the atmosphere from the inside is also really different than when you're outside. So, no, it was just uh, unbelievable. And I really, really enjoyed that moment. Yeah, I bet that makes you want to make a Ryder Cup team yeah, in the future. Even more. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you think it was a shame that there were no French players? I think it wasn't a shame because um, it was unbelievable even without a French player. But of course, uh, with a French player at home at Le Golf National, it's going to be, a, it should have been a really, really massive uh, help. I think also for the public because the public are going to be. Uh, I think more uh, talking French and more singing 
in French, but I think it's going to be also really, really hard for the French player because it's going to give uh, them a lot of pressure. But in the future, maybe the Ryder Cup will come back in the Golf National and maybe I will be this French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, so what's your favorite golf course in France? Mm, I think it's the Golf National. Yeah. Uh, what about in the UK? So we have... In in UK, you have a lot of really good golf course, but uh, as a championship course and a golf course who fit really good my game, Wentworth is one uh, one of them. Wentworth, yeah, oh, you yes. had a good result there last year. Yeah, I finished twenty uh, once, I think, and uh, it it was a really good week. So I, I think Wentworth is one of my best golf courses. But as I say, in UK, you have so many uh, good golf courses. And uh, it's tough to really give a, a straight opinion. <laughs> what would you say the proudest moment of your career is so far? Um, I think just being Roman and every time. So just staying my, myself and staying uh, as I am, even when I play really well or even when I play bad. You know, just... Uh, having my head on my shoulders and don't uh, become uh, a bad guy or, or something like that. <laughs> nice. What are the best and worst parts of your job? Uh, best part of my job, I think, is uh, just doing my passion as my, uh, as my job. Uh, like winning money, be doing my passion, I think, is the best part of, uh, of the job. And... I think there there is no worse part for me. Oh, brilliant. Uh, another thing has has pace of play improved on the European tour since the new four point plan. Nothing. No, no difference. No difference. <laughs> uh, uh, does slow play annoy you? Do you think it is too slow yeah. on the tour? I mean, it was really good when, uh, like the two, three, or four first tournament we have done with the new rule. But for example, last week it was so long. Even even the third one when we were just two, it, it was so long. I I think it, it I I think it annoyed me when uh, a guy like is really slow uh, when he's with you, and then when with the when the referee came, he he's playing just so quick and so normal, and uh, so th- this is the the worst part. But I think. Uh, now, the the thing is like if the guy is in the middle of the fairway and he he take too much time, straight penalty point, no no discussion, and this is the only way we are gonna have a a really change. Yeah, uh, yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask you was um, about Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's hit the gym, hits it a lot further. Is that something that you'd be tempted to do? So. As much as he do, I don't know, but I don't think so. Uh, maybe the day I'm going to have a three years exemption, I will really, really make a big work. I think I don't know as much as him, but maybe I will try to change a lot. But as now, you know, uh, for example, during the, um, the lockdown, we, we worked quite a lot and I eat the ball a bit uh, longer now. So uh, it's good. But 
as much as he do and as much as he change, I don't think so. No. Also, what's it like living in Andorra? Up in the mountains? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Since I'm I'm young, we have always been uh, going in the mountain with my family. So uh, always been uh, a place where I feel really good. And um, I live quite up in the mountain. Yeah, I live at 1,700 meters. So uh, I can go to the skiing station by walking. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really a mountain. Where I am, it's really a mountain uh, mountain life and. Uh, it's pretty cold in the winter. It's also quite cold on the summer. Uh, nothing really to do if you don't like if you don't like to to go in the mountain. So uh, you really have to to like uh, this place uh, <laughs> as a as a riding mountain. How many golf courses are there? So during the winter in Andorra, there is no golf course. There is a uh, two compact and one uh, nine hole during the summer. But like 15 minutes from the um, in Spain from Andorra, there is a golf course called Arabay, and designed by Jose Mario Lazabal, and this is where I play most of the time. So there you go. That was Elliot speaking to Roman Langas just a couple of weeks before he won the European Tour for the first time. Um, and how did you find chatting to Langas, Elliot? Uh, yeah, I thought it was it was really good actually. He's um... Quite a cool dude, I would say. I follow him on social media and, yeah, um, just living the life. He's, he's a really class golfer as well. Um, you, you might be forgiven for thinking he's a little bit of a journeyman, but he's actually much younger than you think. Um, turn pro, very young. And if you look at his career progression, it's been very, very steady. He won on the Challenge Tour two years ago. Now he's finally won on the European Tour two years later. Uh, he's got major experience. Uh, he's got a few years' experience under his belt now, and yeah, he could go on to do some actually very good things. I think. Yeah, I think he's been a bit of a. I I thought he'd won already. I think he's one of those players which I th I feel like he should have won already on the European Tour, um, because I think he's one of those players that we think is good enough to be a multiple winner on the European Tour. But he's obviously just he he was very young when he turned pro, so I think it's great that he has got over the the line now and I think he's actually going to take a lot of confidence from that and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins again in the near future definitely yeah yeah I, I love his broken English as well he he said said to me that he learned English by himself so he didn't have any like official lessons and I could understand everything he was saying and I'm sure you guys could but when we were writing it down there were some some funny phrases and you know I think he's uh, he's very similar age to you isn't he Elliot do you, th do, you do, do you think both your careers have gone on the same paths well, you say that, Tom. We were actually born on the exact same day. <laughs> no, I, was I, didn't, I didn't know that. I was, I was sitting <laughs> up. Um, um, yeah, he's, he's probably a little bit richer than me, I'd say. <laughs> well, the amount we pay you, surely not. <laughs> anyway, let's move quickly on to look ahead to this week and what we've got coming up. And the FedEx Cup continues with the second event, which is the BMW Championship. And the top 70 in the FedEx Cup play at Olympia Fields, just south of Chicago, with the top 30 progressing to next week's Tour Championship at East Lake, The club hosted the 2003 US Open, which was won by Jim Furyk, as well as the 2015 US Amateur Championship, which was won by none other than Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, Justin Thomas won the event last year when it was played at Medina. Um, DJ has won this event twice in the past. There is no cut this week either, so people have got a chance to uh, progress through the field right the way through the weekend. 
Lots of big names are currently outside the top 30, including Tiger Woods, Adam Scott, Patrick Cantlay, Paul Casey, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. So who do we think is going to do well this week? Elliot, anyone that's really uh, stood out for you? Yeah, I really like the look of Scotty Scheffler, uh, 35 to 1, fresh off a uh, top five and a top five at the PGA as well. Um, and of course, he's 59 last week, I think. Yeah, uh, he, he's a very young player as well. I think he's only 24. So it looks like he's he's got a really bright future. Also, you can't really look past Bryson DeChambeau, can you? Uh, of course, he won the US Amateur here five years ago, and he's one of the best players in the world right now in good form. I mean, DeChambeau is an interesting one because he obviously did win, so he, people are going to fancy But he was a very different player then, wasn't he? And if you actually look at the two guys, the two people have who we know have won there, Furyk and DeChambeau, when DeChambeau did win there, he wasn't a very big hitter, I don't think, was he? No, he's more of a plotting it around the course kind of guy, and a similar to Furyk, you'd say. So I do wonder, maybe DeChambeau might be a bit of a red herring this week because of the, the different way he now plays golf. Think yeah, that, that's true. I, I guess five years ago, he would have hit a lot of irons off the tee and wedges into the short holes, whereas now he's just going to be trying to drive every green that's under 400 yards. Yeah. So it will be interesting. So um, anybody else that you like the look of? No, I think just those two. What about you? I, I like the look of, I've said this for the last few few weeks, but um, having said what I've just said, I think Webb Simpson needs, again, more, um, yeah, a bit more a bit more of the spotlight. He was, his last two events, he's finished sixth and third. He was sixth last week. And, you know, he's top, was he top five in the world? Uh, sixth, I think. He's sixth in the world, and he's he's odd. So you can get him about twenty to one. I just don't know why he's that long. I just don't think he should be that long, especially as he's when he's playing very well. And the course, I think, will suit him. So um, Simpson, I think, is is one of the guys that definitely needs um, needs looking at. And uh, someone else who I like the look of, who's been playing reasonably well, is Alex Noren, who again I think the course might suit him. He was eighth last week at the Northern Trust as well. And he's one of those guys who's just been you know, just playing really quite solid golf, but being under the radar. So in his last four events, he's finished third, ninth, 22nd, eighth. And that's in the last five weeks. And the 22nd was at the PGA Championship. So I, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Alex Norman anyway. He's, he's 70 to one this week. So I think a really decent each way shout. I really like that, Tom. That's a great shout. Um, obviously, we all know him over here. Really class player. Uh, I think he won his 10th European Tour title at Wentworth, didn't he? Shooting yeah. 10 under par with that eagle on the last. So, hasn't done a great deal in the Stokes in terms of victories yet. I think he he lost in the playoffs to Jason Day at the Farmers a couple of years ago. But, yeah, he's, yeah. he's had a lot of experience in the States now. So, perhaps and he's time. Also, yeah. He's one of those streaky players, you know, that that year when he um, did so well and then got in the Ryder Cup team and then, of course, hold that monster putt on the 18th to get that final part, uh, that final point for, for Team Europe. Um, so he's quite streaky and, and looks like he's in one of those streaks at the moment with his results so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's also won a lot of tournaments, so he knows how to get stuff done. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to back him. I mean, for all my betting tips and... Uh, do check out the Golf Monthly website, um, golf-monthly.co.uk. Oh, of course, you can just Google it. Just Google Golf Betting Tips and click on our posts. 
There's also the final event of the UK Swing, which has been a fantastic thing which the European Tour uh, put together. Uh, it's the UK Championship this week, and uh, as I said, the UK Swing draws to a close at the fabulous Delphi, which hosts its first European Tour event since the 2008 British Masters. Question for me, it says here, who won the 2008 British Masters? That is a really tricky question because I don't know the answer. Uh, who, who did win it? It was uh, Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño. Oh, he uh, he beat Lee Westwood in the playoff. I remember watching it on the BBC. I think. Oh, uh, do you know what? Yeah, you remember? I remember watching that as well in, with my housemate. Yeah, yeah, I definitely watched it live. I think he put fifty quid on uh, Westwood to win in the playoff. Really? <laughs> yeah, that suddenly brought back all kinds of memories. Uh, that was a that was about I'm going to say six months before I started working for Golf Monthly. Really? Yeah. So, an awfully long time ago, because I've been working at Golf Monthly forever. Can so, you imagine uh, the BBC showing a live European tour event? It's just how times have changed. It's crazy, isn't it? I know. It's mad, isn't it? So, um, no, but it's uh, this week, it looks really good. It's, it's definitely the best field of the UK swing so far. Um, and we've got some of the guys who've been playing over in America who've now come come back over. So, we've got Matt Wallace playing, Danny Willett, Lee Westwood, Bernd Wiesberger, and Eddie Pepperell, to, to name just a few. And it is at the iconic Belfry, which we all we all love. Have you played the Belfry, Elliot? No, uh, I missed out. I think I was in Milan the week that all the Golf Monthly team went and played it, so I was gutted. But yeah, maybe I, one day. I um, yeah, I, I I played the the Belfry pretty poorly from what I remember, but it was great fun. So um, so who do you like the look of? Who's going to play it better than I did? And who's going to who's going to take home the spoils this week? Uh, I think. The initial one that, that jumped out to me was Gavin Green. I just think he's a class player. I did uh, a profile piece on him recently. And, yeah, uh, if, if you guys Google things you didn't know about Gavin Green and have a read of that, you just realise he's been a winner from a very, very young age. Uh, and he's never won on the European Tour, so perhaps this could be his week. Uh, and also, Torbjorn Olesen at 90-1. to 1, That's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? For a five-time European Tour winner. Oh, well, true. He has obviously been going through a few things, hasn't he? So um, I probably understand why he is that far down the betting odds. Anybody else that you like the look of? Out of those Englishmen that we mentioned, well, so let's let's look. Who do you think is going to do best out of Wallace, Sullivan and Westwood and Willett? Who's, who's the, who, who out there do you think is going to do well? Because they're going to get a lot of interest, aren't they? I would go for Wallace because... Uh, he's been playing in stronger fields uh, consistently this year, and he's also sponsored by the Belfry, so he must know that course so well. Goes like plays it on corporate days, and we've done some filming with him there as well. Yeah, I think that's a, a I think that's a good shout, especially as he's obviously got some uh, some good course knowledge. Um, I, I actually quite look, like the look of a, of a different Englishman as well, and that is Chris Paisley as well, who has been having a a decent time but his odds are pretty long if i can find them he's 55 to one so i think he's one of those guys if we're looking for someone a little bit further down the field i think that he's worth a shout and also eddie pepperell you wouldn't expect eddie pepperell to be 80 to one for this event would you no i didn't even notice that that is that is ridiculously long yeah i know he's been going through a few issues and he hasn't done particularly well since um We've come out of lockdown, but um, if there's someone who you know we can we know can perform on a big stage, it's him. 
he does like like a big event. So I think he, he's definitely one uh, to look out for. And then one more guy who I've been clipping the last couple of weeks and he's been doing well pretty well is uh, the South African Dean Burmester as well. So he's had a, a sixth. Well, he's made three cuts in a row, including a sixth and a 21st last week. But he's, again, 80 to 1. And I think that might be the kind of course that suits his game. He's a very big hitter. And so I think he, he might do well. We hope that the weather is going to behave itself. Well, obviously, as I already mentioned, we've um, had, had this storm coming across the country, uh, Storm Francis. So uh, we're hoping that all of that will have kind of gone by the time that they tee up on Thursday because I really want this uh, this brilliant swing to end on a high note. We've already had the bizarre situation of the Rose Ladies series at Wentworth having to be cancelled because of the, the wildfire. Um, and we want to see you know, a good end to this tournament, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I don't think the weather's going to play ball, though. Uh, it probably won't cancel it, but yeah, we're, we're looking at going away this weekend and it looks very cold actually like autumn is is coming autumn here, isn't it? Autumn. Yeah. I've, been, I've been re-watching game of thrones so uh, winter is definitely coming unfortunately so um it, it is what it is and there's one more person we need to talk about and that is rasmus hogard who is actually the favorite for this week and it's an amazing story isn't it that he's 19 years of age and he, he finds himself as his favorite for for this event and he's had a fantastic return after lockdown hasn't he yeah Born in 2001, that's just ridiculous. And, yeah, you <laughs> mentioned how strong this field is this week. You've got Danny Willett, Masters champion, uh, Rolex Series champion, um, Lee Westwood as well, from world number one, won Rolex Series events, Matt Wallace, Eddie Pepperell, Hal Tong Lee, and a 19-year-old's favourite. So that just shows what incredible talent he is and definitely a, a Ryder Cup star in the future. He's, he's been playing some really good stuff since... Golf restarted on the European tour. Yeah, and it, and the reason why he is favourite is that he's played three times since returning from lockdown, and he's finished second, sixth, and third. So you know that's amazing consistency from the youngster. So uh, yeah, it should be a really good event to look out for. Again, for all our best tips, do go to the Golf Monthly website, golf-monthly.co.uk, or of course do Google Golf Betting Tips and click on our posts. So that's it for this week. Next week, we'll, of course, recap who has won the past weekend and be looking ahead to the Tour Championship at Eastlake. Uh, have you got anything else coming up this week, Elliot? Yes, um, I think I'm speaking to England golf CEO Jeremy Tomlinson this afternoon, so hopefully we'll hear about that. I want to talk to him about how golf is thriving in the UK at the moment. Uh, sorry, in England. Because <laughs> I, I believe that we've had 20,000 new membership applications since golf courses reopened. Uh, maybe a bit about the World Handicap System as well, which is coming in soon. So watch this space. Uh, I've also got custom fitting tomorrow for the first time in my life. So I'm really intrigued to see how that goes. That should, that should go well. I'm looking forward to you hearing you um, bottle it on the, in, front of the, uh, in front of the fitter. <laughs> you had a custom fitting? Oh, you had a custom fitting last week, didn't you? I did, just for a driver. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good fun. Warm up before, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've, well, there's plenty to look forward to, to next week. Uh, as ever, do keep up with everything at Golf Monthly on the website or our social media channels at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. And, of course, rate and review us on um, your usual podcast provider. And, of course, subscribe if you'd like to. Until next week, great chatting, Elliot. Yeah, speak to you next week. Thanks, listeners. Absolutely. And we will speak to you again next week. Goodbye. 